Hi, my name is Shamaka and you are welcome to Let's Pass. This podcast explores what I call my refining season. It is basically all the experiences that I've had that has helped me to learn a bit more about myself or taught me very important lessons. I will be sharing with you my high, low and very special moments. I do hope you like very good conversations because from time to time you'll be hearing from very good friends of mine or just me. I hope this podcast inspires you, that you can relate with it, or at the very least that you are able to listen to my very silly stories. I do hope you stick around, but until then, have yourself a good day. Cheers to those. Speak soon. Hi, so in this episode, I explore what I call the imposter in my head. Now, this is often the voice that tells us that we don't measure up sometimes, that we're not good enough, not beautiful enough, can't achieve enough, not fit to get that job. Um, In this episode, I talk about the first experience or the first uh, encounter that triggered me to start questioning this voice. And I had a walk down memory lane, the different experiences that reinforced this voice or gave life to this voice. And eventually I also had the opportunity to talk about what I'm doing now in this season to change this voice in my head from um, a voice of self-doubt, a voice that is very low in esteem, to a voice that is encouraging, motivating. Um, I also want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening this far. This would be the fifth episode of this season one. After this particular episode, I will be taking a season break until after Easter. So I do hope that you stick around um, and that you listen and that you enjoy this particular one. Speak soon. everyone welcome welcome back to let's pass today how are you all doing um i hope you've had an amazing week so far you've had an amazing day and you're just looking forward to the weekend to unplug spend some time with your family quality time with family and for yourself me time as well for you it's very important i think god made the weekend made the weekend for us to chill and relax and to take care of ourselves so i hope that's what you're going to do this weekend um i'm always appreciative of everyone who's been listening to this podcast thank you so much for listening in. thank you for so much for being part of this community and thank you so much as well for the feedback i have received a couple from all of you all and i'm i'm grateful really that people are able to offer that you guys are fantabulous you guys are amazing and the real mvps and listen when your girl blows i shall not forget this initial listeners i'm i'm so thankful for everything now another thing that just occurred to me is that it is already the end of february like like play like play two months like this has just gone past in the year 2021 um well i'm looking forward to everything that um march would offer i think january and february have been 
are very amazing. God has blessed me with so much peace um, in these three months. And I'm guarding it jealously. I'm guarding it, guarding it jealously. And I'm also thankful for all the provision that God has given me in the first two months of the year. I'm looking forward to March. Um, earlier when we spoke about this year, 2021, my friend mentioned that uh, it's a year, it's going to be, it's, 2021 is really a gift, right? Every month would unravel blessings would unravel interesting things so i'm looking forward to see what much has to offer so thank you again for being in this community now i have a very interesting topic to talk about today and to be honest i am a bit finicky about this because i don't know if i think some people would say i don't have enough experience in this place but hey it is my space so if you've signed in to listen then you're listening to my own perspective um, about this. Um, today, I'm going to talk about something I feel like a lot of us deal with. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. So if you've ever experienced this state of nothingness, like you never feel like you're good enough for anything or you're smart enough for anything, or and sometimes even when you go ahead and work so hard for something, you feel like um, you don't deserve it. You feel like it's luck. You feel like it's just a miracle. And you don't even take out time to celebrate this particular um, thing, our achievements um, that you have you have done for yourself. And also sometimes you try to blend in. You don't try to be all your real self because you don't know whether um, people will perceive it a particular way. So um, there are voices in your head who is that is constantly reminding, ah, Meta, Meta be coming down. This is not the place to show yourself. You understand that kind of thing? So I don't know if you've ever experienced um, this, but I have. I have experienced this and I'm learning to, I think in this particular season where I said it's a season of refinement, I'm learning to um, retell that story in my head. I'm, re I'm learning to as well to change that voice in my head. I call this voice the imposter in my head. And that is the title of today's episode, the imposter in my head. Because I feel like for the longest time, this voice in my head has been living there rent-free, uh, coming up or conjuring thoughts um, in my head, right? And this voice as well has built a mansion. Like It feels like every passing day, it reinforces itself. But I'm also learning, yeah, I've, I think this has actually been happening. I wasn't very conscious of it, but this has been happening for the last, give or take, six years of my life. And I think the, the conscious effort or the trigger to have this conversation unconsciously started last year. But then over the past couple of weeks, I decided, actually, I think I need to talk about this. So this is this is why I'm, you know, sharing this experience or sharing or letting you into um, this particular part of me, a side of me that um, I don't think I've quite shared with, you know, a lot of my friends as well. Now, to go back, what I'm going to do, first of all, is I am going to give you... Um, the experience that really triggered this, that, you know, made me start questioning really where this voice came from, right? There was a particular experience that I had that made me start questioning where in the world, how in the world did you even get into my head? There was an experience that triggered that. And I will share that with you in a minute. Stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. All right, let's really dig into this. I, okay, so the first, uh, I think the particular incident that helped me to introspect and you know start questioning this voice was sometime last year. I was with my friends and uh, we were talking about parenting, 
and you know how every child is different now a disclaimer to put out there i i'm not married i don't i've never had kids before but again it's a desire as to how i intend to raise my children uh, by god's grace when i get them um we're talking about how kids are all different you know we're also talking about learning and i don't know you know i can't remember exactly the excerpt of that conversation but it was around, you know, sometimes it's important for parents to realize that what would work for a child A would not work for a child B. And then we went on to talk about as well learning, you know, uh, sometimes um, people's learning approaches are different. And I think I shared my own experience as to why I started hating uh, numbers and math so much. It was because of a particular experience that I had, you know, that started a long time from when I was in in primary school, like as early as primary one, and then for the most part of primary school, you know. So I think it reinforced in my head, you will never know this math, you will never like it, so don't even, you know, bother. And perhaps that's a story that I've, you know, increasingly told myself, I, I don't think I'm good at math, I don't think I'm good at numbers, so I don't want to try. Um, there were a lot of things said that day, uh, but in my own private time, I had some time to think about, you know, this. Like, where did I even come up with that idea that I'm not good in numbers? Because really, all the times that um, I have really gone the extra mile, right? Say extra mile, because I know that this is my weakness, is me soliciting help and support from heirs. I do remember a particular time um, when we had to do finance and accounting. And these are not my areas of strong... In fact, it's not an area that I have... I am interested in because of how I've drummed it in my head. I don't like maths and I'm not going to meet maths, but it keeps surprising me because I keep meeting numbers, you know, everywhere I go in this, my lifetime. So I remember that um, if I seek support, if I continuously, continuously replicate the idea, uh, continuously replicate the process and practice that it comes, it makes it's clear to me, I get some clarity and understanding about it. But the thing is, when I leave it, it also leaves me. And that's what my math teacher used to say, my lesson math teacher used to say in secondary school, when you leave math, it also leaves you. So you need to continuously practice and rehearse. So that was the incidents that triggered, you know, me to start question, wait, where in the world did I even come up with this, you know, this thought process that I, I don't know math and I will never be good at numbers. And I think I say that these days, and it has become a part and parcel of me. I beg, I'm not good in math. Please don't, don't disturb me. Do the math by yourself. So if you ask me a big number divided by a big number, I'm like, I beg, you're asking the wrong person because I don't know this. So I have to start questioning like, okay, where did this come from? Right. And um, because these are things that, you know, things that we reinforce to ourselves that somehow become true. Okay. And then I had a time to think about it. And, you know, that prompted me to actually think about where exactly because it wasn't just about maths but every other thing about me and my life you know all the times that i felt not good enough not smart enough not fine enough not able to contribute enough like all the not enoughs like when did this thoughts you know enter when did i start thinking like this and a particular a particular experience got triggered in my head um because i learned that before you can untell you know i realized there was a voice in my head that I needed to change. But before you can change that, right, you need to figure out, at least I think so, you need to figure out exactly when this particular voice started. When did you start hearing this particular voice? Because it's important and very imperative that you go back 
and start changing the process. Now, of course, it's not going to be a one month thing or two months. It's a continuous process, you know, continuously improving and developing and retelling the narrative in your head. And of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit, continuously refining you through the process. So this, you know, has been the experience. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, this, this, this particular experience is something that I feel has been ongoing in the last six years unconsciously. But I started taking particular or intentional attention to it, say maybe last year. And then, you know, going back now to think about where this where this voice started from. So I think this voice, this this the first time this voice was seeded was in my primary one. Um now, before primary one, I was seen to be this child that was, you know, well advanced. You know, um, I skipped some classes. I skipped nursery too because when I joined this particular school, it's called um, Nkisi. Um, if you live in Onitsha, I live in Jerry, you would know where Nkisi is. It was supposed to be the the cream de la cream, you know, of of Onitsha at that time. Now, I, I, my parents put me in in, in that particular school, so. And um, when I joined, they said, oh, actually, this child is very advanced. You don't need to do nursery two. Go into straight to do primary. I'm going to straight to do nursery three, right? So what happened was I then joined primary one at about age four plus, you know. And for whatever reason, now this is me who they said was smart, you know, didn't need to do nursery two. Then it's having to go into a worse class. Like it didn't make sense because, you know, if you, if, I, I don't know other people's experience, but for us down East, we had this, 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 this distinction, which I think is very silly. Uh, they call it the worst class and the best class, right? So the worst class is in my school then, it was um, the odd, odd, uh, actually it was the beginning of the alphabet. So funny enough, so A, B or so, A and B were the words that's in that particular school, but it was a different thing in another school that I eventually went to. So um, that distinction, I feel is so annoying and very silly. Like anybody that came up with that distinction, they need to, the person needs to go and relearn, reteach you know, he needs he or she needs to do his teacher training again because it's a way to kill a child's morale, in my opinion, and I don't think it's a very good thing. So anyway, back to the story, guys. Sorry, I'm digressing a bit. Um, it was in primary one, and now, of course, at that stage, all of these things don't make sense, but it registers somewhere in your head. And I joined this class. Now, as I mentioned, it didn't make sense. I skipped class because I was smart, and then somehow I found myself in the worst class. Like, go figure. Anyways, so in this worst class, teachers don't actually make any efforts to even teach these children. They say don't learn our dummies. Um, they just cruise through it, essentially. And if you don't have parents that are very intentional, if you don't have parents that are very particular about their child's learning needs, you're going to just keep cruising through, you know, keep cruising through um, the most part of primary school. And you find out that you would not have foundation. Okay. Now my parents were intentional, but um, there were things that um, that I still missed out on, even though they were intentional. There's still things that I didn't quite have good foundation in, uh, you know, about. Now in this class, I remember a particular day. This is the incident that that was that seeded that voice. Was um, we were learning time that they how to tell the time, and these are things you part of the things you learn very early in in I don't know whatever stage you learned yours. And the teacher was trying to teach her the time, but I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't quite remember, but I know that it was that episode that seeded that voice. So um, the teacher said, 
you know, trying to teach us, teach us, and it wasn't just working. They they would say, oh, like the, the knowledge was not entering our brains. So she decided to, you know, try to do something interesting to teach us how to tell time. Now, what's interesting is to teach us how to tell time, she decided to call us a bunch of dummies and dunces to see if we learn the time that way. Again, I don't know where these people go to their teacher training colleges, but that's just so wrong. So um, she coined the song. Now, if you went to school down east, um, or even if you went to school anywhere, I think this 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 song, you'll be very familiar with it. And this song is, is <laughs> I'm going to sing it in Igbo and I'll interpret it in English. The song goes this way. Ah, what a beat. It's not. It's a bully, but ah, but a beat. It's not. It's a bully. And legit, this man made us to dance to this song. Now, my four-year-old plus self was like, this can't be right. Like, how can you teach us this way? How can you be calling us dances? But that was reinforced. And something interesting happened. A teacher was going, was passing through our class and she had all the workers going on and she decided to pop by. And then she asked my teacher, ah, what's going on here? She says, don't mind this bunch of dummies. Uh, I've been trying to teach them the time and they don't want to learn. So I decided to coin a song. Now, what this song means legit is you're a dummy, a big dummy, a big, big dummy. <laughs> so imagine saying that to a child at for me at age four it made me feel all shades of wrong but who could i complain to because i i was taught or i was educated that a child is meant to be seen and not heard so of course these are things i couldn't even bring to my parents knowledge that this is what my teacher did right this is some this is how this thing made me feel and i think growing up as well we quite we didn't quite have the opportunity to have feelings or emotions so we couldn't these days i hear children say oh that thing you did it hurts me and it was it annoyed me and all of that but you know for us that's that's that was not something that existed you know it was more like a military rule we tell you to do this you don't ask questions you don't ask why you just do them and if you dare to ask why um I don't know. So this was our own experience growing up. So of course, I thought maybe the child is right. Again, a child is supposed to be seen and not heard. So that was the first experience that seeded that voice of not being a good, not being good enough, not being smart enough. And it lingered. Now, for the most part of primary school, I was in the worst class. So from primary one to four, I was in the worst class. Now, something interesting, something interesting happened when I was in primary five. I had to change schools because I think my mom realized that this school wasn't working. Like the teachers are not very approachable. Um, they weren't exactly delivering the quality that they promised. So um, from I moved from Nkiste in nursery school. It's the same building that houses both nursery and primary school, but they're owned by different people. So um, I moved from uh, nursery Nkiste to Creative Minds. Creative Minds. Like you'll be thinking that these people actually will have a way to create the minds or craft the minds of young people, but they were doing the absolute opposite different. Uh, so of course, uh, one to four was in the worst class. You know, never really quite did well. Just I was just coasting through all of these classes, you know. And of course, there was another problem I had. I my I had sight issues that early, so of course I wasn't learning. And for whatever reason, my teachers didn't pick that up. And you know, I just existed. I was just marked as a lost hope, a lost cause, and they didn't bother investigating to see why this child wasn't doing well. Now, um, in primary five, my parents or my mom actually decided to withdraw me from that school and to put me in a different school. So she put me in a school where my two brothers were in. Um, it's called Holy Cross. Now, 
um I took the entrance examination and I don't know how, like this same dummy, the same child that they said was a dummy ended up in best class, like in Nupa, best class. Now there's something the school does. So in the best class, they, they give you the best teacher and in the worst class. So best class then in that school was, um, it was five F and then we had five E five D. So if you if you don't enter any of these classes, or yours is your case because the teacher won't even send you at all. The teacher won't even make <laughs> the teacher won't even pay attention to you. So that was what was happening. So for whatever reason, I got into this best class, and then I, you know, I had this teacher who was also really very good. But of course, when you have a class where there are a lot of smart people, I'm not making excuses, but this is my own experience. A lot of smart people, and you're coming from a place where they've reiterated to you that you're a dummy like year in year out for the last four years so of course you're going to struggle to have esteem issues and for me in that class in fact, i even gave up i'm like i beg you see first 20 something it's not for me i never came last i never came 30 last or 10 to last but there's a position that i was just comfortable with so from 20 something because it was quite a large class as well and uh, 20 something to the 30s i was okay you know coming in if i if i even come 21st you know that i did well because the truth was that class they had exceptionally brilliant people so the averages were quite high like you might be coming last and that would be the position or the average of someone who they said was in the worst class so again all of these things were different but were judged differently because it's supposedly the best or it is the best class as the, that was termed so for me i think i accepted my face very early i said i beg i can't be struggling with you people um and I knew, I figured as well that I learned differently, but that's, that particular learning, it wasn't addressed. So again, it lingered. Now I was comfortable being there because again, the esteem issue came in because I was seeing a lot of incredibly smart people that's, you know, they learned in, in a split of a second, they've already understood what the teacher is saying. And I couldn't even, before you even ask, uh, I don't understand, they've cleaned the board and you're just like, okay, maybe I'll ask and you never get to ask. So at some point I just resigned to faith that this is not, this is not for me. Like first 20 is not my position. So I'm comfortable being, being in whatever other position that comes afterwards. Now, interestingly, um, I didn't read six as well. So I got into secondary school and then somehow managed. I don't know how I managed in secondary school. I think my first, my junior year, I was just coasting as I was coasting in primary school. I was just coasting through my junior year. But I think in, in my senior year, um, there was a new fire that was birthed and I wanted to do very well. So again, the story changed from, you know, someone who used to come the 20s or 30s to someone who was first five or so or first eight in her class. And this happened in secondary school. So it gave me renewed confidence, right? But again, I was still struggling with maths because I never had that foundation first four years in primary school. And that wasn't also taken care of in in even in the in the, the best class and it lingered into secondary school and even in in a particular year uh for a whole year plus we didn't have a math teacher so imagine everybody was just learning by themselves now my parents my, my parents right my mom especially um she got me um she got me a math teacher but so the initial thing i was doing was joining extra classes for students outside you know the ones organized by the school 
Now, again, we have a bunch of smart people who are getting things in split of seconds and you're just wondering what's going on. Now, I also realized at that time that I had fear for numbers. So every time I might understand this was if you give me a different problem, I would not understand how I got to that particular point. So it was something that I discovered that I had and it was constantly reinforced. Now, I got into university and somehow good chance, like, like I don't know how, because again, uh, Secondary school went, at least senior secondary school went well. Again, gave me some sort of confidence booster to, it, it didn't until the initial image, but at least it gave me some, some esteem booster. And then we got into uni. Now, I don't know what other people's experiences. Um, so for us, I, I read political science. And for us then as well, we were not to be seen. It was a taboo for you to have a conversation with your lecturer about certain topics. Um, I think the expectation for our lecturers then was to just regurgitate everything that they gave us, like they used to dictate with their notes that they used in, in their own university days. So they couldn't even be bothered to do their own research. So they used to, you know, dictate with such notes. And the expectation was you couldn't read outside the scope. In fact, the outside the scope you're reading is it has to be their own, their own handouts that they've given to you and their own textbooks that they've published. So you can't you can't produce anything outside those lines. So make sure that you regurgitate, you know, back to them. Now, what it did at that time, it took away the sense of independent thinking or critical thinking, questioning facts, questioning numbers. That didn't happen in uni because who are you? How dare you have that kind of mind to think outside the box for why now? You know, so that was re-emphasized. And of course, another thing that was happening then in uni was we had teachers who were lecturers who were bullies, um, lecturers who didn't believe that we could have a voice. We could also have ideas of how to do things. And when I compare my experience then and my experience with my, my students now, I feel like these people have been gifted with so much and I'm appreciative as well of the fact that I get to experience another way to do things as a student and as a lecturer now. And it's it's a very fulfilling experience. It wasn't always easy, trust me, because I came with my Nigerian mentality and sense. And I saw how the students really kick up against it, right? But over time with patience and praying, because oh my, I had to pray, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm beginning to appreciate, you know, that diversity and a different approach to learning. And it was a very exhilarating experience. So I, I, I made I make mention of these experiences because these were the experiences I think that first seeded and constantly um, reaffirmed or restated the fact that I wasn't smart enough. I hated numbers, I hated maths, and I didn't think I could, I had anything good to offer, anything of value to offer. And at some point that I wasn't beautiful enough, you know, you can imagine if I damn like this girl, <laughs> um, I wasn't beautiful. I don't even know where that bit even came. Oh, I do know, but I'll share that in a different episode. So all of this happened and it just gave me a strange feeling and coming here into the UK, having to learn a different way, like the first time I that the teacher would say, okay, Chamaka, do you have anything? To, and I'm like, wait, is, she, is he talking to me? Like me, I can actually contribute. So it gave me that um, confidence to go back, do research, contribute to in classes, give a different perspective and all of that. And it was a very nice experience. Now, what I'm going to share in the next section is, or the next part is how I'm now having to untell the stories i'm having to change this voice in my head if it has refused to change i like having to kick it out you know from my head 
to get you to start paying rent because it's not easy to stay in this intellectual's head and not pay rent. Stay tuned. Okay, so as I've mentioned, I identified the scenarios or the trigger for this voice in my head and the different ways that they've been reinforced over time. Now, what I have started doing, I think, again, as I mentioned, I've been doing this slightly unintentionally over time, but now, again, being more intentional, what I have decided to start doing is, okay, and now I know where this starts from. Now I need to do something different. I need to change this voice in my head. So part of the things I am doing in this season is to track my thoughts. Now, um, before I thought it was a case of trying to reprogram my mind, you know, trying to be more motivated, trying to just to on, on tell that story of not being good enough, not being smart enough, not being able to give anything enough, not being beautiful enough and all of that, and not being able to see things through because I think at some point as well, I thought I was never a finisher for anything. So um, I had to start, I initially started reprogramming my mind a, a kind of way. And I used to do this by, you know, listening to motivational speeches. Now, my friends that lived with me, I think in 2017, 18, in fact, even 19, would tell you that in the morning, as early as 5 a.m., I used to wake them up with motivational stories, you know, and videos and all of that. And I thought it was just about, I mean, those helps because it helps you to journey into people's experiences as well. It helped you to see how people have come up you know, from nothingness to something. So it was very inspiration and aspirational to me. And I wanted to be that kind of individual someday, right? So I used to listen to a lot, you know, a lot of those stories at the start of the morning, even before I prayed. That was the first thing that I listened to. So I thought it was about building discipline and willpower. And yes, it's it's an aspect of that. It's important to have willpower, discipline, because that's how you see through things. That's how you get through things, but it's not sufficient. Now, recently, I have been doing something extra. And this is me um, trying to read the words. When I say the word, I mean the Bible. Um, sticking um, affirmations as well and calling on the Holy Spirit to help me. Uh, it's one thing to want to develop discipline. Again, this is my own experience. You might have a different understanding, but it's my own experience. Um, asking the Holy Spirit to advocate, to speak through you, to give you confidence. And this is what I've been doing. So every time I notice a negative thought, I try to recall something from the Bible, you know, that helps me to change that thought. It might be that, um, I think a particular experience is here, someone asked me, oh, would you like to come on this gig? I think you'll be really good at it. And I just quickly messaged, um, messaged my friend. I said, ah, see what this person is saying. It's Mike. What do I have to offer and all of that? And I think he immediately rebuked that. And I started rebuking and retelling the story in my head, you know, trying to call on him. I was like, why, why can't you? Why are you saying you can't do this? You know, so it's like trying to track my thoughts, trying to track the things that goes on in my head and figuring out a way to easily find things that would help me to refer myself, help me to change, um, change in, instantly the perception I have about myself and 
retelling that story positively, retelling that story positively for myself. So again, this is one of the things I'm doing. And I know, of course, that this is not something that would, sometimes I would down talk myself, I know, but increasingly I'm learning to be intentional about it. So this is one of the things that I am doing, you know, to change that imposter's voice. So I, I want to change it from the imposter in my head to the voice that's reaffirmed, to the voice that see, sees my value, to the voice that, um, to the voice that encourages or motivates me as well. So that is that is intention in this season. Now, another thing I've been doing is, or another thing I've been telling myself is to be patient with myself. Now, it took a while for me to get to this point. It took a while, a lot of, you know, reinforcing negative reinforcements to get to this place that I am in. So of course it wouldn't just go away overnight. I wouldn't suddenly see myself as a bright star. So I, I, I recognize that there are times when I will fall, there are times when I'll get into the temptation of, you know, um dispelling um, not dispelling, I apologize, not dispelling and um, that's negativity that comes in my head, but it's also not being stuck into it, um, recognizing that I have the power to change that, but I also need to be patient with myself and not to um, not to shoot myself every time I tow that direction, but to be patient with the process. So this is one of the things that I'm also learning in this season. Now, another thing is dispelling fear because a lot of times all of these things that have been told to us or we've told ourselves creates um, an environment of fear in our hearts. And we don't even want to try anything. We don't want to do anything. We just, we're, we're just told because we're like, if I do this thing now, maybe it won't work. Maybe people will not like it. This has been me, oh God, for the very longest time. But I've also learned that, see, sometimes it's just okay to just take the plunge. Um, Here's that's, that's also how faith works. When we believe in God, when we say we're Christians as well, it means just if God puts something in your heart, just go with it. Um, And that's the way God works. He won't tell you or show you the whole picture. He just wants you to take that leap of faith and journey with him and also to ask for help as you go through the process. Life is a, a pilgrimage, right? Um, We're here to add value. We're here for a purpose, right? And you can't just be stuck in a point because you're afraid of what the next mile would look like. So every day, Every day you're asking for grace, you're coming to God. How do I journey this? How do I go through this next obstacle? Every day you're coming to him and asking him to do that for you. Um, every day as well, you're trusting God. If he brought you from a negative place to this place, then trusting that he can take you from another, take you through another mile, another year, another two years, be it seasons of droughts, because you're going to have that, be it season of abundance, because you're also going to have that, being able to manage that abundance that he gives you. So deciding that I would dispel fear intentionally. So part of my mantra this year is do it, but do it fearfully. Like I might be so afraid. Um, I might be so scared, but I want to do it anyway. Um, if it doesn't work, that's fine. At least I'm, I tell myself, okay, at least you try. If it does work, oh, fabulous. I know that I have moved from point A to point B. So again, this is one of the things I'm you know, trying out and being intentional about in this season. Now, another thing as well, because I, just to point out as well, when we think about the concept of fear, I think uh, it was Les Brown who said, apologies that I'm 
going back on there, but I just felt that it was important to reemphasize or rehash this. When we think about the concept of fear, I think about this particular person I used to listen to in the past, Les Brown. And he says, fear is false evidence appearing real. Now, one of the things that you learn is that when you actually take that plunge, it wouldn't be, it's not so bad after all, but we create this, this images in our head, this facade in our head. And we say, we tell ourselves, oh man, we can't do this. And we just stay stuck in that moment. So it's important to dispel fear, do it, but do it fearfully do it anyways now another thing as well is community that has been the biggest learning point for me um i think i used to be so um guarded i used to be and i am still like i'm not going to lie that i'm suddenly like but i think i'm beginning to let more people in um it's important to have community now when i say community it's not everybody it's not everybody that is your friend, right? So it's it's important to draw that distinction. I think it was also the mistake I made trying to let everybody into my space, my world. Um, and I, I suffered and I paid daily for that at, at different points in my life. But it's also recommend, not, in, not to say you can't be friendly with people, be friendly with people. And again, this is an advice to myself, be friendly with people, but knowing that not everyone is there for your best interest. So it's important to just see, to see people who are, who have stuck through, with you through thick and thin and know people who you can be vulnerable with it's important because at some point in your life you're going to need to draw strength from people so you need to know you need to know that person that you will call at 3 a.m in the morning or 1 a.m or whatever time in the morning and that person is just wiping the sleep in that as that person is annoyed that you woke him he or she up but that person is also happy that you came to him or her to you know to and also to be vulnerable to that so community is important and i've been gifted with so much beautiful community here in nottingham i've i keep telling people this is i feel like this is a providential place god has made this specially for me because never have i felt homesick, bored or anything. God has just positioned different people in my life and that I have gone to draw strength from, particularly last year that was really, really off for me. Um, there were people that, my friends that were there that I could go to draw strength, cry to be vulnerable with. And these are people that would not condemn you. Um, they call you out on your bullshit or excuse my French when you mess around, but they are also there not to judge your excesses and um, they're there to guide you through it and another thing community does having the right people in your community does is it inspires you when you see things that are done properly and right you have that aspiration you want you want something similar for yourself not that um you're going to follow their journey but it's it's an inspiration that's this thing if they can achieve it then you too as well can achieve it so there's certain things that might not have been in your radar before but just because that you have this association of people, these people in your community, it makes you want more out of life. It gives your life purpose. It gives you some sense of direction and it helps you to be a better person. So I'm thankful for the community. Shout out to my community. You guys are amazing. Um, I've had some of them here on the show um, that these people have been there for me. And I'm going to have some of them more, a lot more of them in future. So thank you as well for being in my community. And of course, paying attention to how you learn and this has been the biggest thing for me because um i realized that there are certain ways that i don't learn right so if i sit in a class and you're just talking to me you're wasting my time because after like in fact if i give you five minutes you know that i tried i zone out like I'm just staring blankly into the into the into the thing air. So I pay attention to how I, I, I learn. I know that, for instance, very early in the morning, say period between one to five or one, sometimes six, depending, 
are the best times for me to learn because at that time I have slept, I've woken up, um, my head is open, I can do any serious work at that time. So it's important. And I also decided to take um, some learning, some assessment tests. Some people don't believe in it because they say it's not 100% accurate. I also used to be those people who think these tests are just a bunch of bull. But um, there are indicators as to, because it's, it's research, right, that have been carried out over time, um, a longitudinal study carried out over time using certain samples as well. So there is some sort of um, truth to it as well. So I have um, taken some assessment tests and I have realized, I think the last one I took was the VAC test, um, that I am I'm a kinesthetic learner. That means I learn by doing, right? Um, I have to put into action what you have taught me. If you just talk at me, you've lost me. I will not learn anything. But if, um, if I'm actually demonstrating what you have taught me then that way i won't forget it again and i also learn by making notes so if i'm listening to a course online for instance i like to jot notes sometimes verbatim what that person has said um it helps me to put it in my own words in my head um the way i understand it so i've been paying attention to the way i learn as well and i also learn by engaging so um asking questions seeking clarity contributing that is also how i learn so again i've been paying serious attention to um the way that I learn, and it might be something that is useful to you if you're in this same ship boat with us that you have had imposters in your head. Maybe you can collect one or two points from you know these things that I'm sharing, and as well, I think the next thing I was going to talk about as well is um family, my family, my brothers. I love them to bits, they've been very supportive, and I think our relationship has also evolved over time because initially, before we just used to talk about setting things, but now I can share with them anytime I'm down, I'm out, and everything. It's to pick up the phone and call them, Hey, my guy Alpha, where are you? You know, my brother, I call my older brother, Dozy Doz, and my, my younger brother, my immediate younger brother, Tobias, and then we have Abuli. So, um, at different points, I just pick up my phone and then I call them, and I'm blessed to have them in my life i'm blessed to have my family my immediate family in my life and some of us also have amazing extended family i do as well so from time to time some of us motivate each other um inspire each other i think i mentioned at the start of this podcast i think one of the reasons why i decided to take the sponge was because of the conversation that i had with my cousin so family is very important and the last but not the least things that i've been doing is and i i, I think i've been very vocal about this is um parenting and I think I also gave an initial disclaimer. I'm not a parent, but this is how I want to parent my child. I think it's important that we draw a distinction between timidity and respect. Um, children are humans too, and they should have a voice. I think the days of you are to be seen and not heard, that should be thrown away. That concept should be thrown away. Um, you need to give your child a voice because charity begins at home right? It is that voice. If you give your child a voice at home, then they can call your attention to a time when a teacher has, you know, said something that is that is off. And then you can then confront that teacher or inquire from that teacher what that teacher meant. So it's important for children to have voices. I see kids these days that express when something has annoyed them, when something has, um, when something doesn't make sense, right? Of course, respectfully, it's important to draw that distinction, but it's also good to allow children give children voices, allow them to express themselves and encourage them as well. And there's no point trying to live in a world where we're just about respect, respect, respect and humility. 
and <laughs> and nobody can question your thoughts. Now remember that you don't know everything, right? We don't know everything, even myself tomorrow when I become a parent, but it's about also seeking other ways to do things better. How how else can this be more efficient? And you'd be surprised that your child would give you that insight, right? Uh, Mommy, how about you do it this way or that way? And I feel like it would work. So it's being open to being open to critis, uh, criticisms. Uh, we will have to being open to criticisms, but also being not not just criticism, but being open to learn a different way. You don't know everything. Yes, you have experience, and of course, I would always rely on the experience of an older person. But it's also being open enough to know that there is another way to do things. Not being stuck in our ways, um, not being close-minded, not being myopic, but being open-minded to learn new things. So this is really everything. These are the things that I'm doing in this season. Um, I'm still working. I'm a work in progress. Um, again, as I mentioned, this is my refining season and I don't know how long the season is going to take. I know that it's taking so long to get to this point, but I'm grateful that God has opened my eyes to this opportunity. And I am also blessed to share this with you again. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in as well. Thank you so much for being in my community. Again, if any of the things that I have mentioned today um, resonates with you, please leave a chat in the chat box on Instagram. We are on Instagram as L apostrophe S um, apostrophe again. I'll call that again. L apostrophe on top E S P A C E on Instagram. It's a French word. So you're going to call it that way. And uh, please share your thoughts on Instagram or leave us a voice message or rather leave me a voice message on Anchor. I will be so appreciative to hear from you all until we see ourselves again. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for signing into this, but I'm signing out today. Have a good day and enjoy your weekend. Bless. Bye. Hi, thank you so much for stopping by Let's Pass today. If you actually stuck around this long to listen to this voice, you're truly an MVP. And I'm so thankful for the time you took out to listen to this podcast. Until the next episode, I want you to have yourself a wonderful day. Cheers. Speak soon. Toodles. Bye.